0: The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches to help leaders and top performers excel professionally and personally. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. To be your best self, you need to be doing your best work. And the great news is the product or service of your work focus is not what makes your work great, but the specific tasks and roles you are fulfilling day in and day out is the key. If they fit you, you'll flourish in your work and have great joy and satisfaction in your life. If they don't fit you, your work success is going to suffer and your mental health is going to suffer far worse. So how do you know which tasks and roles you should be engaged in? Well, we've got a quick and simple test for you to take. My guest today is Patrick Lencioni. Patrick is one of the foremost influencers in business management, and his expertise is teams He's author of 11 best selling books. Most anyone in business in America has read The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He's a prolific speaker who stands in front of thousands of leaders each year at business's greatest conferences. And this is the second time I've had Patrick on the show. And my experience of him is one of the most insightful people I know regarding human behavior and performance and he's got a heart of gold as well he's just come out with a new book the six types of working genius which right now is sitting in the top 400 books overall on amazon and climbing Uh, along with the book is an online assessment that takes about 10 minutes and it spits out your working genius you can take it right now at workinggenius.com. I've got my whole family taking it because I want them working, not just at what they're good at and can make money from, but what gives them inspiration and energy for their life. Again, the new book is the six types of working genius, and you can take the assessment and find out yours at workinggenius.com. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast, it'd be great if you would leave a review, but the best thing you can do is talk about what you heard with someone else. You can always find me and connect at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Patrick Lencioni and I, we actually spent a full three hours talking about working genius and life fulfillment. What you're about to hear is part one. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Patrick, I last had you on here, February 2018. That's four and a half years. I know you've done a world of things since then, but uh, thanks for being back. Sure. It's great to be here. That feels like 20 years ago. Doesn't it? For a variety of reasons. I, for a, Well, so much has has happened. Um, and I got to tell you, man, I, I would have had you on if they had just said, hey, he had a book without even seeing it. I was uh, just right, book him. But uh, I love this topic. It is one that I have found myself talking in and around recently, and you helped put a lot more detail behind it, understanding behind it. And yet I still have questions. So I'm going to ask you the same thing we'd be talking about over a cup of coffee or wine, and we'll just record it and let, uh, uh, you know, some, so many thousands of people listen to it. So I'm excited about it. That sounds great. Yeah. This doesn't feel like work, does it? It doesn't. (laughs) Again, it's the conversation. These are the questions that I would have. And I, and I'm going to drill down into, I mean, the book is called the six types of working genius. I took the assessment myself. So I've got my results. I want to talk about that. And, but initially I I still want to come back to what I feel like are some elementary questions that I'm going to say obviously are not elementary. Otherwise you would not have put this book out because it feels (laughs) like issues that we've talked in and around for a long time. And I think, as you said, I saw you say somewhere, we obviously still aren't getting it yet. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All those, all those profiling tools, which I love. I'm, I love them all. Me too. Yeah. But there were some things still that weren't explained by those, and that's how this came about by accident and it filled in a gap that i I needed
0: well and I'll tell you man i am i I am ready to as of really having di- uh, dived into the book done the assessment I'm going to look at kind of do an audit i'm going to do an audit a uh, Patrick Lencioni it. on audit of my work well really of my of my I'm going to say my tasks. Is that fair? I mean, everything that I do, whether it's to yeah. work, family, whatever. Here's things I do and put them in the categories. Right. And it's, it really
1: is about specific doing things, tasks, activities, skills, as opposed to personality or general desires, you know? So
0: that's well, what this and, is. And about. that's it. okay, there are a couple 10,000 foot view questions I want to ask on it is work focused and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to yeah. do uh, an effort to pull in life. I mean, our work, because if our work is being at home with kids and I know you do this, whatever it is, right. the daily vocation, but with work specifically, that thing that we probably leave home or we get on the computer or whatever to do in your story, you have the main character's father even say, Hey, if it was fun, they wouldn't call it work. Yeah. My dad actually said that when I was a kid. Okay. Mine didn't, thank God. Mine was, mine was more along your lines of, Hey, well, if it's not interesting, why the heck do it? Uh, so what a gift that is, but to, again, to look at that again, I, feel, I this is something that I feel like we've talked about a hundred times, but we are, we're still not getting it. I still hear people stumbling around work should be fun or play. You should work at your passions, uh, whatnot, and I was thinking about it. You had me, you had me thinking, I'm thinking, okay, let's say that we're the early settlers, you know, and I come along in my boat and I hit the shores of America or whatever it is of an Island. Uh, and it's just me. I'm going to go about, it doesn't matter what my propensity is. I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to fish. I'm going to, sow. I'm going to build, I'm going to, whatever I'm going to do that. But the minute you've got some other people, you by proxy, start divvying things out and go, you know what, Susan, man, she is incredible. She's incredible at fishing or hunting or whatever, just please let her go out and get the food. Cause she kicks butt uh, uh, better than the rest of us, dude. I love making clothes. Can I just please do that? And I'll make them faster and right. better than you guys. And you know, uh, Susan does great at house building. Let her build our little cabin. We would start doing that. And yet here it feels like we're still not understanding that well in the workplace that why wouldn't, this is not a privilege or a luxury. Why wouldn't you do the thing that you are most, what would you say? You know, Naturally Uh, gifted in the the energized
1: by drawn to that your heart says, I am I that's where I'm going to find joy. If I do that, that's what this is about. It's where you get joy and energy in the work you do, because that's what I believe
0: we are called to do can't we take that out of then the luxury aspect and just say from a pragmatic standpoint to speak to your dad and say, no, if it's not fun, I'm not going to do as good of a job as somebody who enjoys that type of work. I mean, that's just one plus one equals two, is it not?
1: It is, but it's, it's an interesting thing. So I think that you mentioned something before, and I think at the deepest level or the highest level, de- depending how we look at it, the reason why this doesn't work is because of two things. Um, two words that, that, that they have a place in society, but when they're applied the wrong way, they're really bad, and that's guilt and judgment. Okay. So, so what happens is we go about something, and we're not good at it, and so we feel guilty. Like, what's wrong with me? Other people are good at this. I'm not. I should work on that and i should learn to be good at that or the judgment piece is we're working with other people and somebody's not as good as something that as we good at something as we are and we say we attribute it to their character like well they're lazy or they're not smart hmm. and so we judge people because we don't understand that they're built differently than we are or we feel guilty about ourselves cuz we're not good at everything and those are the two things that really drive people to try to do things that they shouldn't be doing and to dismiss others who are not good at things that we're good at. And and honestly at the end of the day what I want this tool to do is to re- relieve people of unnecessary guilt and judgment. And you know, Kevin, the best way I can describe that is when I was a kid and my dad, God rest his soul, and I love my dad, and he was poor and didn't come from a family that thought about work as anything but other than, you know, getting by. He would get me up in the morning on Saturdays to mow the lawn. And I, when, I'm i going to tell you right now, Kevin, I hated it. And I felt guilty for it because I left my dad and
0: he wanted me to
1: do it. It was like his favorite thing. And I hated doing
0: it. Can I just say, man, I am in that. Yeah. I hated it so much. I go over to the corner sometimes and pour the gas out and hope we didn't have any more to fill it up and just say, dude, we're out of gas. And and I felt guilty for it, but I wanted to go ride my stinking bike or play. And I vowed I am going to move to a condo where I don't have a yard. And and instead, I I ended up in uh, up in the the Rockies with a bunch of acreage and nobody mows. You just let it all grow. So I still don't. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, So you hate mowing. I got it. And, and
1: so it went to this, I felt guilty and I assumed that I was lazy. Right. And then, and then when I got a job at a college, my first job, I, I got a job at a management consulting firm, which literally was put on a list of all the jobs in America. They wrote a book that year, the best places to work in America. The number one job was at this firm in this job. And I landed that job Hmm. and I hated it. And I thought, I felt guilty this time. I thought, well, I'm I'm not just lazy, but I'm also kind of dumb because all these other people are good at this and I'm not. And I look at back at both of those jobs and I took it on as like, well, there's something wrong with me. And when we came up with this model two years ago, I said, oh, and nobody that knows me would say I'm lazy and I don't think they think I'm dumb, although I am in some ways. But it was exactly the wrong kind of work. It didn't give me any joy and energy. It was the opposite. In fact, they were the two things that I, that drained me of joy and energy. And I didn't know it. And I went through my whole life kind of looking back at those experiences and saying, I wasn't good. And that, that's a real thing. That has a real impact on who we are as people. Now, have I ever been lazy? Yeah, I've, I've probably been lazy at times. But when, when it comes to trying to be good at things that I wasn't meant to do, Even if sometimes in life we have to do them, and we do, but if I go into that thing and think, "Why am I not loving this? And why are other people loving it? There must be something wrong with me." That is a horrible way to react to that, and that has profound impact on our lives and and our
0: self-esteem and how we look at others. And so, this is a problem. Even with you saying, you know, trying to be sensitive, but the word "dumb." um, You don't think you're dumb, but maybe in some areas, I, I feel more and more at peace with that, that there are some areas where call it dumb, call it whatever, but and my brain just does not. I mean, I, I really struggle with, uh, I want to say numbers, but even more so money and finances. I mean, it's really it always has been, it's kind of Greek to me. And so I used to just try to avoid any discussion around it because I felt dumb. I also don't like it. So I really don't care to go learn about it either. And now today, I just am more about admitting, man, dude, that is not my thing. I hire people for that. Uh, right.
1: And I'm okay. And, with it. and, and you should celebrate that. I mean, literally go like, like you're good at that. I love that you're good at that. I want to honor that and celebrate that. And I want to admit to you that I am not, it's like, it's like, you know, something I, I can't I was bad at playing the piano and I've never been able to play guitar and I'm not great at chess because when you have to like process things on like two different levels and three, three levels below, I'm not good at that, but I'm creative in other ways, but it's so easy to go, gosh, I'm such a loser. Why can that guy play the guitar? Cause I wish I could, but I've tried and the idea of like chords and timing and everything else, it's just not my thing. But rather than resent the person who's good at it or feel bad about that or try to avoid it, now when I meet people that are good at things that I'm terrible at, I can celebrate it. You know, Somebody once said that one of the definitions of humility is to look at a cathedral and be proud of it as though you had built it yourself. Huh. Like to be able to go, that is so awesome. But I'll tell you, when I was younger, I would actually try to avoid things and even talking about or, or, or being around people that are good at things because I thought, oh, that diminished me. But that's because I didn't know. God does not give any of us the same gifts. And we should delight in ours yeah. and delight in others and celebrate the ones we don't have.
0: Uh, i man, so with you. I was thinking on this yesterday, probably inspired by reading the book, reading your book uh, about the benefit. I was thinking about my kids and wanting to talk with them further about the grand benefit of, and the word in my mind was just mastering something at the sake of a lot of other things. Cause I feel as time goes on, I am much more competent and I'll, I'll use your word genius in the specific areas that I care about. And, that I, and, I'm, and I know less and, and, and I feel like I'm for, falling further away from knowing I can't keep up with all the rest. Everything's fine. So man, I can't keep And then the amount of things that people bring up that I really just don't know about, I don't, I, I literally don't have the knowledge or I don't have the understanding. And I'm okay with that because when the time is there for that, I can I can find somebody or I can delegate that. Yeah.
1: And that's a gift to them to let them do it for you. Hmm. And 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 that's it's a wonderful thing of having children because, I mean, being a parent and by the way, a ton of parenting is work. It's like tasks, like your kid comes to you and says, I need help with my algebra homework. Well, suddenly that is no longer parenting. That's work. I, we, I need to build a pyramid out of sugar cubes for my seventh grade class. There's there are certain things that they would ask me to do that would be right in my bailiwick. And there are certain things they'd ask me to do that would crush me. Now, I didn't always have the luxury of of delegating it to my wife or, or her delegating something to me. But I realize now that we're all built to do different things. But now as a parent. So I have four boys. If one of them is naturally organized and, but not that creative. And then I have a younger boy who's naturally creative, but not organized. Here's what I used to think my job as a parent was. Hey, son, you're pretty organized, but you need to become more creative. Right. Exactly. Hey, my creative son. And I thought I was doing him a favor. So that's the culture. Yeah, That's traditional school in a lot of ways. Right. And it's like, hey, you know something? I want to say to my son, hey, son, you know something, Michael, you're going to have to realize that you're not naturally an organized kind of person, and that's okay. Now, there's going to be times in life you're going to have to push through and, and and find a way to do that and, and marshal the resources to get it done. So I'm not telling you that you don't need to appreciate that, but that's not who God made you to be. and I don't want you to think that makes you less. Amen. And that is so much more peaceful way to parent. It- My youngest son, Michael, is not going to be like the guy that comes home from school and loves doing problems and getting it done and, and, and finding out how to get straight A's. It's not his nature. Now I'm not taking away any expectations of his achievement, but I'm doing it in the context of what he's gifted. at anyway,
0: I, I'm so. So, no, I'm so, it's such a great, uh, relevant topic because now I know that there has ramifications. If you're going to go to college, you've got to have, you know, decent GPA and whatnot. Outside of that though, as my kids are, Uh, I was talking with one yesterday and I I mentioned college and she said that she's a 13. She said that dad, I'm not going, I have no desire to go down that path. I know where I'm going. I I said, great. Well, then right now you're killing it in English. Kill it, kill it in math. Just let's do yay for D's. Okay. Whatever will just pass you by, you know, to, to do that. Okay. On that though. And I don't want to go too far down this path, but I literally had it down as a note. And you just mentioned it before that you got out of school, you went and you got this great job. And I do continue to struggle with this idea. And I know it's again, an elementary concept, but that an 18 year old kid out of high school is supposed to have the insight into themselves to go invest, a, you know, however much money into college and a degree, man, I just, I don't see it. I do not see it. They do not know themselves enough. Uh, They need to read your book and then figure out, I got some learning to do. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to dot com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin
1: i will tell you so dave ramsey's a friend of mine you know he, yeah. he, he, he used to live in franklin and he said you should have charged more for this because we charge people 25 dollars to fill out this assessment and we said no dave because we want every 18 year old to take it oh uh, yeah we want a parent to have a 24 year old who's like my son is struggling what he wants to do in his career go take this well, and 10 minutes later you're gonna go oh crap no wonder i i'm terrible at that i shouldn't have been in this field at all how many people become doctors or lawyers or do whatever because, well, my grandfather did it, or that's what somebody told me I should do, or I admire this person who does it. We have to understand ourselves first. I think that college, and I didn't see this 10 years ago, certainly not 30 years ago, I don't think it's necessary. I think it can be great. But if you don't know yourself and you don't know what you're getting out of it, it becomes a boondoggle and increasingly im un- not impractical, but not even beneficial. I think every kid would be well served to probably take a year off. Agreed. And explore themselves and other kinds of things and then go to college with a purpose. So
0: yeah, yeah, go try some stuff, fail some stuff, uh, do whatever. Okay, well, well, let me let me hit this then, Patrick, Um, I literally wanted your perspective on the passion thing to go after what you're passionate about. I remember this years ago. It was very stark to me. Uh, It was quite a while ago, but when I wrote down, okay, what are the things that I'm passionate about? What are my interests? And I wrote down this list. And then, uh, no, I I remember what it was. The catalyst was a friend of mine who loved doing X. I can't remember what it was. And then he went to do it vocationally. He says, dude, I hate doing it vocationally. I don't know why it is, man. I love doing it, but I don't like doing it over here with the pressure to get paid. And that kind of stuck with me because I did something along those lines. So I made this list of all these things that I love doing, but then I, I segmented them and I don't think I had a real clear definition, but I just basically, I don't want to work at these though. And since then I've kind of thought I had somebody else say it and I'm I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing from them that there are some things in my passions that I just want to be a consumer of. I just want to do this. I don't want to be a provider. Yes. Is that? Yes. Go with that. And this, I think this
1: is a great thing. It's like, and this is on a different level because what, what we do in The Working Genius is take it down to the task. Yeah. But like I love screenplays and movies. So when I got out of college, much to my father's chagrin to a certain extent – I mean he was great. But, but he did not put me to college and sacrifice money and scrimp to get through so that I could go to Hollywood and, and write screenplays and work at a coffee shop. But I, I took a screenwriting class. I loved it. And so I would write screenplays on the side. Uh, a Hollywood – Studio read one of my screenplays and took an interest in it, kind of. And I remember thinking, do I want to go live in Hollywood and be a screenwriter? No. Do I love the task of writing and coming up with ideas? Yes. So I will continue to do it as a hobby. I may never do it as a profession. And then five years later, I come up with an idea. Somebody says, Pat, you should write a book. And I thought, I know I'm going to write a screenplay. My books are like screenplays. They're very much about dialogue. And I don't go into a lot of detail and nuance about things. And I, I got to use that skill in the context of something I cared about. And right now, I actually have some permission to write a screenplay. I know some people now in Hollywood. And, and I asked a guy just like six months ago, I said, do you need good scripts? And he goes, oh, my gosh, I would kill for a good script. And I, have a, and I purposefully am not pursuing that at this point in my life because I have other outlets for using my passion that I think yeah. are more important. Yeah. So 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 you're right. And somebody might say, I love music. Do I want to make that my career? But what I would say is, what is it about music that you love? And that same fundamental draw can be applied in other ways too.
0: And, and that's exactly where I was going. You and I, before we started recording, we're talking about Nashville and, you know, so Music City USA and everybody wants to go there, you know, that's the joke. Everybody wants to go there and, and be a music star. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, there are an infinite amount of opportunities or tasks, as you say, that are involved in the music business. Let's look at all of those. Do you want to go there and be a singer, songwriter, get up on stage and do that thing? That is such a finite amount of people. And yet for every one of those people, there's a thousand employed people helping make that possible. And I know so many people out there having been there that are in the music industry. They love it. And they are not the person on stage doing it there so but we again we get so narrow minded into think I like music. I need to go be on stage and sing music.
1: Right. You know it's similar in the business world, people go, I want to be a CEO and I'm like what does that mean? And really – and it's like young people say that and they really go, well, I'd I kind of like to be famous and in charge and and be in control of things. And then I go, well, no, no. I want to find out what you love to do. Yes. Because if what you love to do are these kinds of things, that would probably fit that. Some people will say, I want to I work in marketing. And somebody goes, well, I know a guy who works in marketing. He'll get you a job. And I go, wait, wait, wait. Stop. Do you want to – are you – do you like to come up with new ideas and creative? Because that's called – branding and and does marketing design or do you want to like figure out a way to get leads to pass them on to sales to build a business because that's a fundamentally different activity and they're like because if you get a job in the wrong part of marketing you are going to hate it and so I really discourage people from saying I want to work in this field or for this company it's like no what do you love to do yeah and because One marketing person is not the same as one marketing person, not another marketing person. One teacher is not the same as another teacher is not a teacher. Find a job and a role that allows you to do the things that give you joy and energy, and then it won't feel like work.
0: Which I will say you did a masterful job of doing, in my opinion, in the book where you take this fictional character and he starts off in a bank, doesn't like it at all, and then gets a new job in a bank, doing something totally different. And so I love that perspective. And back to your quip about, uh, Dave said that you should have made the assessment more expensive. Um, well, thanks for making it 25 bucks. I'm gonna have my whole family do it. That's the first thing I thought of. So <laughs> we're, I, I need to, you could do some package deals, you know, of 10 at a time or something like that.
1: I think we're figuring that out right okay. now. Like companies come to us and say, if we want more than a hundred employees or, you know, so we're trying to figure that okay, out. Well,
0: I'll be your first customer there. There you I, go. I, I do. It's really timely. Patrick, I think it was last week, maybe it was the week before. I had Richie Norton on the show. He just wrote the book Anti Time Management, and one of the things that he wow. talked about as he was. We did the show together that stuck out and I, I then kept uh, kind of digging in on is he says, man, burnout doesn't come from working too much. I got all these friends that think that, yeah, they're working too much and they're burnout. He says, I, I don't see that. He, says, he, said, he said it really well. He says, the people that I know who are the most inspired, the most excited about their work, they work a ton. He says, I don't think it's working too much. I think it's just working at what doesn't inspire you.
1: Oh, my gosh. We, we say that. I, I think that's in the back of the book. In, of our book. We talk about it all the time. It's like, if you take a person, we, we, we look at a person that's burned out in their job and we go, you know what you should do? You should take time off or you should work less hours. And then they do that. And they're actually sometimes even less happy than they were before. Hmm. But you take a person, you say, I want to adjust your work to find the things that you're a genius at, that gives you joy and energy. And it changes. I was a bank teller when I was in college in the summers. It's the worst job possible for me. Okay. Three hours of bank telling would make me exhausted. Twelve hours of doing what I love, I would go home excited. So you're exactly right. And by the way, anti-time management, I cannot wait. I got to get my hands on that because I, I, I have this gut feeling like that's exactly right. You,
0: you'll love it. Okay, I'll, I'll, connect, I'll connect you with Richie, um, uh, no, no doubt. I, I want to ask you this. Cause I'm not in your, you know, I'm not in your field. I'm not in the corporate world working with businesses and employees. And, and so you see that. So I've surmised something just experientially from hearing people that I haven't actually been out there to see if it's it's legit that we most often go towards this job for the pay for the benefits, for the title. It's kind of a, you know, money, money, and credibility and status and, and what it affords. And that's a big, huge deal. And yet I find myself and I've talked with my kids that we don't think about, yeah, what about the commute though? Or the office (laughs) culture or where you're going to be sitting and who are you going to be sitting to and who do you report to? Because it feels like, you know, let 60, 90 days go by and the pay and the benefits are not near as important. And you're ready to leave the job because of some of that stuff there. But you got me thinking about And what about the tasks? Like, do we ever look at that and go, "Okay, I'm going to be CEO or vice president or manager or or even business owner"? We know that from Michael Gerber with the with the old you know the E myth, and look at okay, if I'm going to commit to this, what am I going to spend eight hours a day doing? What am I going to say? What's the main thing? Because how many times have we seen that? Even with somebody who starts a business, go, "Man, I had no idea I was going to spend the majority of my time doing X, and I hate it." We just don't have those conversations, which seems dumb at this day and age. Well, and why your book is needed, but am I No, you're exactly
1: right. And, and we've, we've talked about this for years, but I think we've never actually gotten down to the nitty gritty of like, I mean, and that's why I said we, none of these other assessments, which I love, I've done Myers-Briggs and and uh, disc and all of the different ones. I love them all. And they're all interesting. to have something. But we came up with this because I was actually frustrated at work and I didn't know why. I worked with yeah. people I loved. I was in a field I loved. And I was like, why do I get grumpy sometimes? And it was because when I came to work, I was so excited to do things I'm good at. And because other people didn't like doing this one thing, I was constantly doing something I didn't like. And I would get grumpy. And it was that grumpiness that somebody said to me, why are you like that? And I said, I don't know, but it's time I figured it out. It's been 20 years that I've been struggling with this. And that day, by the grace of God, these six circles emerged on a board. I was in there and it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm supposed to be doing those two things, but I'm doing that thing. It's killing me. And everybody else was like, that's it. And then other people saw it. And the very next day, I didn't come up with this to write a book. I came up with it to solve a problem of mine. Uh, One of our consultants saw it, and he shared it with a CEO who was really frustrated, and the guy had tears in his eyes, and he goes, well, that explains it. And one person after another was saying, I thought I was a fraud. Now I realize this. I thought my wife hated me. A guy said, I thought my wife hated me because every time I came up with a new idea, she would tell me why it might not work, and I really thought she was against me, and then they figured out his genius was invention, Her genius is what's called discernment, which means you discern an idea. She was loving him by giving him feedback. He didn't realize that, and he actually thought she wanted him to fail. And so the insights that come from this are profound, and it has to do with the very micro behaviors that give us joy and energy. But I want to, before we go any further, I want to get back to that thing about salary and benefits versus what you're doing. And by the way, who you do it with is really important. But there's things in life called drivers and satisfiers. Are you familiar with this? No. Okay. So a driver, a satisfier, I'll start with that. Is something you need enough of. But after that, you're satisfied. You don't want any more. And it's not that you'll turn it down, but it doesn't really do much for you. The diminishing marginal returns are like if you're hungry and you eat a meal, you're satisfied. If somebody comes along after you finish your meal and says, here's another hamburger. What's it worth to you? You probably go zero. Yeah. They but this costs $15. I go, nope, I'm not hungry. I'm satisfied. I can't have any more right now. A driver, on the other hand, is something that you never get enough of. Hmm. So recognition from your manager, um, a confirmation that you did a good job, joy and energy from the work, experiencing the benefits among your clients or the people you serve, that's something you can never get enough of. But once you make enough money and your benefits are good enough, somebody comes along and says, hey, I'll double your salary, are you going to be happier? And ask any wealthy person. They're going to be like, actually, I won't turn it down, but it doesn't really make me any happier. So drivers in, in work is what you're doing, who you're doing it for, the experience of it. Nobody says I've gotten enough positive reinforcement from my manager. <laughs> I'll take that
0: every day. I love the perspective, Patrick, because I'm sitting here thinking about it. What it has me thinking about, like satisfiers, there's certain things, and food is a great one, that at some point, you're just done. You're satisfied. There are things that I do that I can see that I I want a certain amount, and then I'm satisfied. Other ones over here that drive me continually, I tend to think of, and see how this resonates with you, the things that I am perpetual, I put a billion dollars in my bank account, I'm still going to wake up the next morning curious about this. Yes, I I use that word curiosity. I really value that. It must be a core for my, maybe it is a part of drive is a consistent curiosity. No matter, it's never going to get filled up.
1: Yeah. And you know, so as a, I'm a follower of Jesus and St. Augustine once said, um, our hearts will never rest until they rest in God where we have this hole. And for me, what I've come to realize is no matter how successful I am or anything else like this. Unless I'm doing something that I feel I'm called to do and it's satisfying a need that God put me on earth to do, money, fame, success, even, like, fun will never make – but if I wake up in the morning and I go, I feel called to do this, there's a need for this, and I feel like I'm doing what God put me on earth to do, I can never get enough of that. So so we need – in our work, we need to feel like, hey, I'm doing what I'm meant to do. And the way we find that is to know what gives us joy and energy. That's the beautiful thing. Joy and energy is the sign that we're doing probably something we're meant to do.
0: So play with this one with me, Patrick. Sure. Um, this is my, my own story as of even in just in recent years of realizing. So I've always been labeled a businessman. I think it's even part of my, my upcoming book in the bio. You know, I started 19 uh, or initiated 19 businesses, which is, is true. And What's your upcoming book called? What drives you? Oh, I love that. Well, I I am too because you, you, what you just said about the drivers and satisfied. I'm thinking, geez, I need to put those into the edits. Uh, I, I was I was strong. So, what drives you? Uh, but in huh. what I have done, I tend to think, okay, I, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a businessman. And It was actually my wife at one point. This was years ago, and she was saying it. In all due respect, she said, "Man, you're not really that great of a businessman." <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> and I kind of laughed and said, you're, "You're totally right." And now I I've seen this shift in me that. I only did those things because I'm more of what you would define as an artist. And I just want to go create, and we'll get into that in a second. Cause I'm to go through my, I want to go through my, oh, I can't uh, wait to
1: find out what your working genius. Okay. For. Well, I have an
0: idea. I, <laughs> I, I love to just, you know, create and I need, I, I need and want, auto- I think I also have some authority issues uh, that are in there, but I'm not a great follower, but I just want freedom to do what I want to do. Therefore I go and I create a business, but I do not enjoy running a business. It does not inspire me running a business, growing a business, making the money does not inspire me. I just want to do this thing. And yet I'm over here stuck in this businessman role that now I'm trying to say, okay, yeah, right. So I'm an entrepreneur. I've always run my own business, but I'm not really a good businessman. It's kind of like, oh gosh, this is getting in deep water. You just talked about being a follower of Jesus. I am as well. And yet I don't uh-huh. call me a Christian uh, these days because I, I well, don't really want You can't really hold those. Most people. No. Hey, so same thing here. So, I mean, you're a businessman, yeah, but I don't really like business. I don't really even care to talk about it. Well, just that doesn't. There's That's some right. deeper things going on, obviously, which is what your book talks about. Well, what's interesting
1: is that, like, when your wife said that, my first thought was like, what she really means is you don't like to maintain a business, Mm-mm. and and there are people who love to maintain a business, and there's three phases, by the way, in in in, in the Working Genius. The first one is ideation. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's like coming up with the idea and like feeling a need through creative coming up with the idea. Then there's activation, which is assessing it and getting it started. And then there's implementation. Well, you're not an implementer. Now you could do it once Dude, or a couple I'm, times. I'm
0: holding up that page right here. I, Cause I oh, love right, it. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. It's page 62 in your book. Yeah. But you know something? All three could be called a business person. Sure.
1: But what's and so people go, I shouldn't work in business. And they're like, no, 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 you shouldn't work in a company that where your job is to maintain the business. And you should praise and thank God for the people that are good at that. And you should realize you're not and you should not do that. So, and and so what is business? What is busyness? You know what I mean? It's like some people are ideators, some people are activators, some people are implementers. And that applies to churches and schools and running a house. Running your home, my wife and I are ideators. And when it comes to implementation, it's a mess. (sighs) And so we know that now we used to feel horribly guilty about it and blame each other. And now we go, oh, neither of us love that. We need to figure out a
0: better I, way. I've got to go through this with, with my wife. Well, okay, so on this, it is actually page 52 in your book. And you had the character as he's coming upon this epiphany of why he's frustrated in his work. And he said, man, it, it, you know, it, talking about his business that he owns, in some areas, I'm psyched, in some I'm frustrated, and in some I'm confused. And I thought, uh-huh. holy smokes, man! Do I relate to that? So if we segment <laughs> out my business, I I know where I'm psyched, and I absolutely have some areas where I'm I'm frustrated. That's just an irritating reality of business, and some others. And this is actually the one that I was curious about, where I'm confused because it's not that it I hate it. I'm just it just doesn't resonate with me, and I go along feeling confused till I delegate it to somebody who it's just. It's it's simple math to them, and I, j- I just right. can't believe that.
1: Yeah, and, and so for people that are listening, it's like there are six working geniuses, and two of them are what we call our, our working genius, which means we get joy and energy from that. We could do it for 12 hours, and even if we were tired, we wouldn't be exhausted. We'd be, like, inspired. Mm-hmm. Two of them are at the other end of the scale, which are… And uh, by the way, I like the coffee cup analogy. You know, it's like, so the, the, your working genius is like that Yeti mug you get where you pour co- hot coffee into it and put the lid on, to, on it. And eight hours later, you come back and it's still hot. Yeah, It holds the heat forever. That's your oh. working genius. Okay. Your working competency in the middle is the coffee cup that it's, it's a regular old coffee cup like this. But you put a lid on it and it holds the heat for a while, you know. And that's, that's something that it doesn't necessarily fire us up. But we can actually sustain decent performance in that for all. We don't hate it. Your working frustration. The last two is the coffee cup that you pour the coffee in, but it has a hole in the bottom of it. And it drains right away. Yeah. These are things that in even having to do it for a short period of time can really exhaust us. Well, so the confusing ones are in the middle. Okay. Because we might actually be really good at them. Because we had to be or because we were in a lot of situations where we felt. Motivated to get it done. But the question we ask people is Do you get joy and energy from that? And they go, No, not really. And it's like, Okay. So if you spend too much time in your working competencies, the middle ones, that can burn you out. And you don't know why, because
0: you're like, But I'm good at it. Can we stay right there, Patrick? Because that again, it's another one that feels like, man, we've talked about this. This is not a secret. And yet we still are missing it. And it's so difficult. And I'll give a great example from my own life. I have a son. He's uh, 12 and we've had all our kids run just kind of a, Hey, you're going to do something physical, whether you like sports or not, you know, you're going to, I want you to do that. So we have had them run cross country track, whatever. So this little dude, do that. okay. Yeah. This little dude is running cross country as, as a youngster, um, and, and track pretty much unbeatable. Okay. So here I am past pro athlete and I'm thinking, okay, here's my, here's my, here's my Olympian right here. You know, I mean, we live just up the mountain for the Olympic training center. I, I've always known we're well poised, man. If somebody wants to, and I'm thinking this guy is, here we go. I mean, he's, he pushes himself. He's just a natural at it. And he's literally un, unbeaten. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm radio. He hated it. Oh, I, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I was
1: great at distance running And because I knew that if I worked hard enough at it, I'd get recognition for it. But I didn't love it. And, you know, one of the Kenyan, I think it was a Bibi Bakila or something. I don't know if you know who this guy is. He was an Olympic runner and he was from Kenya and he retired and they interviewed him. And they said, so are you just going to go now run for pleasure? And for and he goes, are you kidding? I'm never going to run again. They said, why not? He goes, I hated it. I did it because I wanted to feed my family and get out of poverty. Wow. So joy. and, And yet your son. Could have been a miserable, really successful. He might have been able to go on to the Olympics and win the gold medal, and you'd have to pay for years of therapy because he was pushing against the grain. My son, Matthew, who works for me, was a good distance runner. And because I had been through this myself, he was in fifth grade, and he got third in the diocesan meet and was really good. And and I said, hey, do you want to run next year? He goes, no. I said, then you're not going to. and he became a great lacrosse goalie, you
0: know, so take they that, do their own thing, take that into work. Again, we've got a, a yeah. system. Well, I want to, I want to blame it and say, you know, the school system or whatever, but even as a parent, it's so difficult like that. I see him and it still grieves me a little bit because he's still, so now he's playing soccer. Um, we let him transition to that. He loves that because the focus is not all on him. He still does it anytime that they do running stuff. He, he wins, uh, you know, the, just yeah. training and I'm going, Oh, it kind of grieves me. Cause I just, I think what wasted potential. I'm literally, thinking that inside on one hand and on the other hand going no Kevin If it has, it, it, what's the use of the success uh, What if we gain the world and lose our own soul back to the scriptures
1: oh I love it Mother Teresa used to say God doesn't call you to be successful he calls you to be faithful and yet in, in our we, we think it's success it's success and faithful means be who God made you to be and so
0: and yet you know that's so hard man when you've got a guy over here and he gets into a sales no. role let's say the consummate thing and he is killing it he goes from six figures to mid six figures and he's and he's doing this thing Um, I I have a friend right now we were talking the other day he was a high school coach he got coach of the year a couple years he got they won state championships and he finally got out of it and he says it was just draining the life out of him the pressures the dealing with the parents the yada yada and what is he doing now he's a coach but he's coaching men and he loves it. He adores it. So he's still kind of back to your bank analogy and the thing, And but it was what he was good at, what he was winning at. Man, it is so hard to give, talk about golden handcuffs. We talk about that with money, but even just the, oh, I'm, yeah,
1: go. Yeah, I'm so glad you said golden handcuffs. Okay. I was thinking the same thing. And just because they're golden, you know, the, the people don't quite understand that. Handcuffs suck no matter what they're made of.
0: <sighs> That's a
1: great line. I love okay. one, of favorite, uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite I think it's from St. Augustine again, says whether a bird is tied down by a a chain or by a a piece of twine, it doesn't matter. It still can't fly. So we tend to think, well, yeah, that wouldn't be good, but at least you're rich. And it's like, no. Like Barry Sanders was was the best running back in the history of football and quit when he was like 28 or 27.
0: That grieved me, man. Uh, I know. Oh, "Oh,
1: no, don't stop. Don't stop. I want to watch it. I think he probably said, I don't like it. I know.
0: I know. Yeah. Uh, It's good for him. Okay. And I, so I want to get into something of the I mean, when you talked about work and I did pull those out, yeah, it was page 62. You have those graphs that you go through. And I was thinking from a business and you go through ideation to activation to implementation. I am Patrick, a consummate. I come up with the idea, you know, out with something inspires me, come out with the idea. I love a blank sheet of paper and get that structure out. And there it is. There's the concept. It exists. I, I got it. Now I'm ready to go right to promote the thing. Oh, well, we got to actually make so, it exist. I don't want to do Are that. you going to tell me your letters? All right. Okay. So what well, should we, should we give all, uh, list yeah, maybe we six should. of them? Your,
1: your, your listeners might be going like, so can you tell us what you're talking about in this? So I might, I could do a quick overview if you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, please. You want me to do that? Yeah. Okay. So there's six different activities that people have and they're the six activities that are required to get anything done. So like, I want to start a business. I need all six. I want to launch a new product. I need all six. I want to plan a family vacation. I need all six. want to build a house. I need all six. Have a kid, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so here are the six. And I'll start with the highest elevation, like the one in the clouds, kind of, if you will. And we'll go all the way down to landing the plane on the ground. Okay. So at the highest elevation, there's the genius of wonder. These are people that ask questions and look for potential, and they're constantly looking around, pondering things and saying, why why is that that way? Why is that that way? Is that really the best way? I wonder if there's a different way. They ask questions, and they're, they're looking at the environment, looking for potential, and this is where every new thing starts. Maybe we should have a baby. Do you think we should live someplace else? I wonder if we—if if there, it would be great if there were a company that did this. Maybe our products don't work for our customers anymore. Somebody has to ask the question. It's an absolute, unadulterated genius. It's called wonder, and most people don't even know it's a genius because they've probably been criticized throughout their life for doing it. Like, could you quit asking those questions, dreamer? Why they're dream? There, it's the—it's where dreaming begins, and it's necessary and certainly in school it isn't very well recognized in many workplaces it's not very well recognized and yet it's critical my wife is a is a w okay and she does this and now i know i have language for it and she'll say something i'll say are you wondering right now and she says yes i go oh okay good you're not telling me i have to do it you're saying you're just you're just putting this out there and i love it i encourage Mm -hmm. it so wonder is the first genius the next one is invention somebody wonders and says i wonder if they're why there's not a company that can do something like this, or maybe there should be a better way to do this, or why are things like this? And the inventor goes, oh, 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 uh, let me solve that. Let me give it a shot. You know, oh my gosh, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to try. I'm going to come up with something original and new to answer your good question. Because the wonder doesn't necessarily solve the problem, but they identify it. And so people with invention, I'm one, you're, it sounds like you're one. I get out of bed in the morning with new ideas all the time. Sometimes it's not even appropriate. Sometimes I go to a meeting and they're like, hey, we don't need your invention right now. But I love to do it. <laughs> yeah. It gives me joy and energy. It doesn't mean I need to do it all the time, but I, I would prefer to do it all the time. And I love it. Invention is really great. But then comes the next one, which is discernment, which is the person that has great instincts about whether something is a good idea or not. They they have gut feel and intuition. They're They're like what we call pattern recognizers and integrative thinkers. They look at things and it's not data or expertise they rely on, but they actually, they just have good judgment. And you can go to them and ask them a question about just about anything. And their initial instinctual response is so good. Hmm. And like Tracy in my office has this, when she was a little girl, she said her friends would always ask her for advice. We go to her and ask her for advice around things she might not know about, but she always has good judgment. My wife is constantly saying, why don't you ask Tracy? Should we refinance our house? I don't know. Ask Tracy. She'll probably know. Does this look good on me, this, this shirt and pants? I don't know. Ask Tracy. Tracy just has good judgment, and that's called discernment. Okay. That's the third one. The next one is called galvanizing. The G is galvanizing. There are people in the world who wake up to get other people excited about things. They love to rally the troops, to sell, to inspire, to motivate, to move people. Even if people don't seem like they want it, they, they're like, come on, we can do this. I want to I get you moving. Okay? Now, I'm a public speaker, and people might be look, looking at me right now on screen and say, I must be good at that. No, I'm not. I mean, it's a competency. I can do it. I'm pretty good at it, but I don't like it, I should say. I was, I was galvanizing every day I came into work. And that prevented me from inventing and discerning. Right. And I was coming to work and pissed off that the very thing I was excited to come to work and do, I never got to do because I had to constantly push and inspire and motivate. And even though, yeah, that's part of my job, I was doing it 100% of my time. And you know something? There were other people in my organization that did it naturally that weren't getting to do it. And so I said, hey, Cody, come here. You're the new chief galvanizing officer. So I want you every day to keep people excited and motivated. He said, you would trust me to do that? I'd say, you have a genius in that area. He was so happy. I was so happy to let go of part of that. So anyway, that's galvanizing. The next one is called enablement. And it's a good enablement. It's not enabling somebody with a drug addiction or, or an, another problem. It's about enabling others to, to realize their ideas. So when somebody galvanizes, somebody needs to come along and say, I'm in. I will help you. I love to help. I love to assist. I will come alongside you. I'll know, I know exactly what you need. And I'll go above and beyond. And I love that. Some people get up in the morning and just want somebody to call them and say, I need your help. I have very little of that. And as a follower of Jesus, I felt guilty. Like, well, why am I, but it's just not, I want to help them invent and discern. Other people just want to come alongside and, and provide what they need. So that enablement is an absolute gift. It's critical. The people that have it often think I'm just nice. And it's like, no, you have a gift. Hmm. The final of the six is called tenacity. It's the T. People that have tenacity, they don't just want to help. No, they, they want to finish They get joy and energy, and I think they're freaky because I can't relate to this. They just love to finish things. They're like, give me a list. Let me cross things off that list. Let me break through obstacles and finish things and come back to you and show you that it got done. I have no interest in that. I lose interest early in the process and want to move on to the next thing before it's finished. Other people, that makes them crazy. And so there are people who have the innate genius of tenacity. And I don't. Now, I have a choice. I can either expel them like a virus or celebrate them and thank them for filling in my gaps. So those are the six geniuses, wonder, invention, discernment, galvanizing, enablement, and tenacity. So I hope that was fascinating.
0: It was great. And coming back to a biblical reference that we keep bringing up, too. I mean, this is the body of Christ, as they would talk about. And what's more important, the head, the hand, the feet? Well, you're kind of handicapped without any of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You ever notice like when an athlete gets injured, they'll go like, oh, he he injured his middle toe. And you're like, "So?" and it's like, no, he can't do this sport without that. Yeah. And you were a cyclist. It would be like, well, it's just this part of your leg. It's like, nope. Like the groin. I love that one. Nobody thinks the groin is important. (laughs) And it's like. A groin injury takes you out of almost any sport.
0: Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's good time. I have, I right now it look, I have one bandaid over it, but underneath there's a bunch of stitches and a really bad puncture wound that I got out in the woods uh, over three weeks ago. I cannot mountain bike. That's one of my main gigs is mountain biking. Cause I cannot hold. So I've been taken out of my main play because I can't hold and grip the, the, the bar. And so uh, Otherwise, you'd never know, you know, but we need every part. We need, and every, we need part. every genius. Every person has a role they can they, they need to play. So back my, to you, Nick. my working. Well, to, to take it. Yeah, my working genius is. Wait, I'm going to write it down before you say
1: it. just right. So I can hold it up if I get it right. OK, I think this is it. Go okay. ahead. Wonder and invention. Oh, I wrote I.G. Because I, I haven't been around you. I thought maybe you'd like to get people going. So you're wonder and invention, I'm which in you wonder... are
0: So it's the, go ahead.
1: Oh, you are the creative dreamer. Yeah. My wife is a wonder inventor. My best friend is a wonder inventor. Huh. And you know what you can say about any type? I love them and they sometimes drive me crazy. Every type. So here's what I love about you. You are a fount of new ideas. You, your idealism is like fantastic and you're constantly coming up with things and, and you're, you're never, you're like, and you're, and, and a new one comes and, and you'll, you're willing to revisit it. And, and you're just, the creative dreamer is like such an amazing person. But when it's time to land the plane, they're, they're more likely to go reinvent and go. And somebody wrote to us recently and said, when I try to reinvent my ideas after they're 90% done, they're the person that comes and goes, hey, but but wait a second, maybe we could make it better. And people need to be able to say to a WI, hey, we're past the ideation phase. We're now in... So you're the founder. You're not even the founder of a company. You're the conceiver of the company. And maybe the founder, Like, but you really quickly want to pass it along to somebody who wants to activate it and implement it. Yeah. And yeah. that's a beautiful thing
0: concept and framework are my favorite words. I would give me a blank piece of paper, create the concept, create a framework that is legit. And then I could, I could really kind of be done unless I could jump now to selling it. Just, okay, now we got the solution. And I find so many things that I just want that to exist so I can be a customer of it. Here's an idea right. that doesn't work. But then in between right. is, okay, so go make it. I don't, I don't, I don't care to go
1: that. That's why I thought you were a G. Most people think I'm a G because I can go on a podcast and share ideas and I get very excited. But I, then I want to move on and come up with the next thing. And I don't love to sell it again and again and again and again. Yeah. I kind of want to go there. You got it. You can do it. Talk to you later.
0: <laughs> Your term of wanting to come in and change something. Uh, again, my wife years ago with business when I was, you know, we would do something, we create it, we launch it. And then I'm I, that, that's not working. We'd go, it says you're just rearranging the furniture again. We, you've, yes, okay, you could do that every day, every day.
1: Every My day. wife, get this, we bought a house in Idaho because we're gonna get out, we're gonna leave California. So she said, I think we should get a house in Idaho. I didn't know, I didn't have the genius model at the time. She, she W's all the time. Half the time she's saying something, she's just throwing something against the wall. Yeah, she's ideating and. I didn't know that. So we got a house in Idaho. The day it sold, we were, we were signing the papers. And you know what she said? Maybe we should have got a house in Nashville. <laughs> and I was like, what? And now she'll go, I'm just wondering.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, God love her. Um, uh, we'd probably have fun, but we shouldn't be married. Uh, okay work (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so working working competent so that's my okay well let's stick there working genius so that is where as you said that's where i am let's see to go back up to what your character uh said that's where i'm psyched so i i am psyched in that area i can just stay in that um genius all day long and now to be i mean to put you know uh, fuel on the fire here i mean or, or to land it i guess you're saying that is where i should be trying to exist as much as I can. If I'm going to work a full day today, I should be in that zone as much as possible and get the support from others to do the rest that is necessary Yes? Yes.
1: Okay. And this is not an excuse for when you have to tenacity something or galvanize something. You have to go, okay, I need to go do that because that's required. And right now I'm the only one to do that. I'm going to go do that, but I'm going to grin and bear it. My son Matthew doesn't have tenacity. And so he'll go into a conference room here. He works here and he helped develop this. He will go into a room and go, I'm going into the tea cave. And we know what he means. He goes, for two hours, I got to go tenacity things. I got to go finish things. It's going to crush me. I'm going to come out of there exhausted. And we go, okay, good job, Matt. Go do it. Because sometimes we have to do things we don't like. But if you have a job where you're doing that a lot, that's a problem. Okay. So I'm not saying you get to have a job where all you do is W and I, but if it's not 75% of what you're doing. But would
0: that not be the goal? I mean, so for you, Patrick, so you've got a business, you've got people that you hire, you've got employees, you probably got independent contractors or whatever. Have you done that and in an essence, delegated it so you don't have to spend much time in those hard areas?
1: Absolutely. And it's so we just launched this book and I went back east to do a uh, to do the book launch. Right. And it was a tense week. I had tons of work to do speech after speech. And then I was consulting and I was on the road for like three days for six months. People said this is going to be the most intense three days of of the year. You're going to be exhausted. But because we know working genius, people went with me that were good at all the things I'm not good at. We brought a galvanizer with me to keep things moving and to keep people motivated. We bought some, brought some teas with us that like to finish things. When it was over, I said, that was so fun. Wow! And they said, why? And I said, I didn't once have to remind people. I didn't once have to like follow through on that thing. I got to ideate and discern. I got to invent and discern. And you guys did your parts. And I love you for that. And, and they were like, well, we love that you do what you do because we don't want to do that. And it was a joy. But in the past, I'd have gone on that trip and had to follow up on everything and take the drill down on the notes and send the emails following up and call the marketing team or whatever else. And since I didn't have to do that, 90% of my time was spent doing what I love. Yeah.
0: This is, I mean, Patrick, this is a lot of my story of, of these businesses that I've started. I had a life plan done for me a few years back. It's been a little longer than that, but had a life plan done. And as we looked at my progress, it was just it was pretty much just an even graph of idea. bring it up here, success, sabotage. new oh. idea, success, sabotage. and so it was just burnout after burnout, and i I started and I left so many things that succeeded. I mean I, did, I had very few yes. where we started and it just bombed, I had a couple, but most of them they had a place of success, and then I abandoned it over and the
1: over. The problem is not what happened, but that you probably, that you might've felt bad about those things.
0: Total, complete guilt. I have a long list of, of people. I feel I let down that I took advantage of that. I uh, along this way, as I was unaware of myself, unaware of these things and participating. So here, the idea was great. Um, it, it worked. I was excited inspired about it, but then I spent time in these areas that you're talking about, uh, because I didn't understand this and I burnt out. Right. I burnt out, and and what you said at the beginning it was uh, what were the two guilt and uh, judgment judgment yeah totally guilt complete. is self judgment yeah
1: you know and but we can judge others where, like it'd be easy for somebody to look at you and go oh yeah he has great ideas but he's kind of lazy it's like no you're the least lazy person anybody that knows you knows you're not lazy you do a million different things well it, but I, when it comes to detailed follow
0: through and maintenance yep. it crushes you. And so I had guilt with myself and I yeah. judge, but, but I also, I did, I judge other people. I did not value the people who were actually in my team that I, uh, you know, get credit for, for bringing in that did a good job. And I didn't, I took them for granted and, and was probably frustrated that they couldn't do what I did. And either way, it's a stereotypical analogy of this problem that you're writing the book towards.
1: Right. Well, just know God gives you grace and so do they, I'm sure.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, okay. So let's come down to working competency. So working genius, I think we can all understand that that is just where you are, you know, gifts, talent, skills, whatever you want to talk, uh, frame it in there. It's a thing that gives us energy that jazzes us and inspires. Okay. Now working competency, give the layman's definition of this is where you, cause I felt like, I felt like you were saying, this is where you can perform well. But it may drain you. Right. Okay. This is
1: probably like your son and running. Like he is a good runner, but he loves to run after a ball when he's not, you know, soccer is not running and thinking this is painful. This is painful. Keep okay, you know this. You are a cyclist. Yeah. And and did you do like um? now you do mountain biking, but did you do like tour de France kind of stuff? Yeah. Stage races. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mainly you asked about the velodrome. I did some of that, but it was mainly on the road. Yeah.
1: Well, you know that when you're doing that stuff, a big part of that is just pure pain tolerance. Right. I was a distance runner. I was a cross country and track runner. And and yet when you're chasing a ball, you're running around and like you're doing mountain biking now. It can be painful, but you're like going down jumps and going up things and it distracts you because it's joyful. Yeah. But you could do well. Your son is, is going to love soccer and playing sports and be in great shape. Just because he could win the mile doesn't mean he should go do it. Yeah. Now, there's going to be a time when somebody, he's going to be in college or in high school and people are going to go, hey, dude, we need one guy for the, the relay. And he could jump in and be great at it that time. But it doesn't mean he should then become a distance runner again. If he doesn't get joy from doing that. And, and that's the hard thing about our competencies. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. And w- we can get trapped in a career that way. My a woman in my office, Tracy, she had tenacity as her working competency. Hmm. But relative to the people around her, she had more of it than anybody else. You know what that meant? We gave her everything to finish.
0: Oh my God. There And there's the cons That's how we burn people out. Cause they're good. I, I was just writing down. You're good at it. So working genius is the thing that I enjoy. It gives me joy. Working competency is going to be that thing. Let's take a, go back to school that they say, man, your kid is really good at X. May not give them any joy, but they, they are literally, they're a whiz at math. Um, does that mean that they should go be an accountant? No, for the love of God. Cause they, they, they hate it. So, but again, you have the ability to be good, which is different than I don't want to leave that yet, but different than what we're about to get to, the working frustration. So this is the thing. And that what are I,
1: your working competencies?
0: Discernment and
1: galvanizing. Okay. So this is perfect. I love this. Because that means that when you come up with an idea, since discernment is in your working competencies, the idea of if another person's gut says, that's not a good idea, Kevin, you're like, oh, and, and they don't have data but you, you, you can go, there's probably something there because I understand what gut feel feels like. And so you're not going to be like, Nope, I'm going to write you off. You, you can, you, you understand what discerning an idea is.
0: Would, now, would that be it, making a case? Like, uh, so if I have an idea and somebody, especially somebody challenges it then I'll go make yeah. a case for it, I'll go do the research and, and look at the marketplace and whatever. And I'll, and I'll make a case for that. This is a valid idea. And, I can do it. It doesn't give me energy. It's not fun, but I can do that. Does that make sense? Right.
1: That- and, yes. And you actually, because it's a competency and not a, not a frustration, you know that there are people in the world that have good discernment. And if they come to you and say, Kevin, that idea of yours, I don't know. It feels wrong. You're not going to write it off. Like, well, what do you know? You're going to go like, Oh, I understand discernment because I have some of that and you will okay. trust that and then go, go do the details. If discernment was your lowest area, you might very well be the kind of person that comes up with a, a crap load of ideas and out of 20, only two of them are good hmm. because like your discernment, but because discernment isn't too far away from what you, you do, you're decent at evaluating your own ideas before you take them to the world. Yeah. So I really do like to, when I ask people what their genius is, I say, well, what are your frustrations? And if they say it's discernment, I say, find somebody with really good instincts that before you get too far along, you share it with them and you trust their response. Okay. So you're a D and a G, which means yeah, yeah, the gal- you're actually a widget. You you go right in order.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 It's you laid them out. I'm exactly in order on <laughs> on everything, all the way down to frustration. So yeah, the galvanizing of rallying people, and getting um, I have proven competency in there. I would rather not ever have to do it though. So I can, even with my kids, let's get them excited about the vacation or whatever. And I can sit there and I can craft it in a way that gets them excited better than somebody else may be able to. But man, I, I, I'd rather not. I'd rather somebody oh, else do that.
1: Boy. Yeah. That's, that's us. Yeah. But people go, but you're good at it, dad. And you're like, yeah, but it, that's when I get frustrated. And I, my guess is that when they don't respond to the good idea and you have to keep galvanizing them, you can lose your patience. Yeah. Or I'll just drop it. I can abandon it at the you know uh, something. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I had a hard time abandoning it and that's probably a wound thing. But um and so I would get impatient, like, why am I still telling you this? But it's better to just go, well, if they don't get it, on to the next thing.
0: Well, I think I think I do now. I think in the past they would say, No, I was I I would no, I I know. I've had testimony from my wife and kids that I would not let it go and, and now I do. So again, so here's something that yeah, I'm I'm good at doing and the galvanizing Patrick is one of the main reasons that I achieved achieved. That sounds bad. That I ended up in burnout is I put myself in a place oh. of, of leading people. That was part of it. I was good at it, and it burnt me. I I was the character in your book that had uh, the what was the Saturday? It wasn't dread. The Saturday. Uh, um, wh- uh, I,
1: I call because I call it the Sunday blues. Sunday blues. Yeah, right. It- right. Yeah, where you get the, that, that dreaded feeling on Sunday, yeah. like tomorrow I have to go do something I hate doing. And sometimes it creeps into Saturday. It's like you're already thinking of Monday. Yeah, yeah. And that's because you're not working in your genius.
0: Then we get to working frustration. And, and can this one, can we say, is, is it fair to say this is, you're, you're really, well, like back to what we talked about, you're kind of dumb here. You, you really are not good, even if you try to rally yourself up. You, you just, you're not real competent here.
1: Yeah, and joyfully so. Okay. Not because you're deficient. It's not a defect. It's just a fact. And you can go, I don't like enabling and, and, and having tenacity. Mm-hmm. And yours is so easy to tell your story. I love it because it's like Kevin is an ideator. In a pinch, he can activate. Do not ask him to implement, maintain, and follow through because it'll crush him quickly. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person. All that's just who you are. But we can we can attribute some of these to to characterological things, which is really dangerous.
0: Patrick, I'm over a year. um, I'm getting close to a year and a half past the uh, date of submitting my manuscript or finishing my manuscript with my publisher. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're so they're so gracious because they're stoked about it. Um, And I'll tell you, I did finally. So you'll you'll appreciate this. A lot of people listening to this will because they are publishing books and thinking about that. So I went with a big publisher with uh, McGraw Hill. And of course, that comes with it's a book deal and and an advance and you get editing, you get kind of help. Ultimately to make this thing happen, my literary agents, so I've got them on there as well. My literary agents had me really inspired me and I went and paid out of pocket for another editor to work with me and help pull the stuff out of me and structure this thing and finish the thing. So we did that, gave it back. So now my publisher has it. They love it. They they're good with everything. They just have some you know some little edits here and there that I'm still dragging my feet on, and it's the dumbest. Well,
1: it's not fun. Editing is not yeah. fun. Yeah, it's it crushes me at the end of my books. Tracy is my editor, and she has great discernment, and so she gives me feedback. But then she has T as a working competency. And when Mm. I come out of the room and I hand her the manuscript, I think it's done. And she looks at it and goes, well, you just killed off all the characters. I'm like, yeah, you know, I think it's good. And she's like, no, the ending, my endings of my books are not good until she forces Uh. me to make them good because I lose interest. It's like the concept is there. The main idea is there. The beginning is there. It's great. And I'm bored. Yeah. And she's like, "Nope, you're going to make the end of it as good as the beginning. And we're not going to be done until you're done. And I love her for that.
0: And this is where, well, this is where I want to take an audit. I mean, you literally have me at a place of saying, I'm going to have to take a couple of days and I want to look at my work and my family and my interest and whatever, and somewhat put them through the filter of, okay, here's what I'm wanting to do. Where are they going to land in these? And what do I do about it? Can I delegate? Can I get some help or Am I going to have to do that? And if so, then in understanding your areas here, how can I even just have some grace for myself? How can I prepare yes. and realize, oh my gosh, on that day, I'm going to have to be in you know, tenacity and, or, or yeah, and enablement. And so that's a day when I need to not do, I need to give myself some space.
1: Oh man, that. and you have to give yourself grace if you want to give it to others. You know, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. And and we can't, if we can't receive love, it's really difficult to give it. If we can't receive forgiveness, it's really difficult to offer it. And you need to go, oh my gosh, this is all real. I need to give myself grace. And then you're gonna look around at other people and you're gonna go, hey, don't feel bad that you're not great at that. Let me help you lean into your strengths. But by the way, you know what you just did? You just did an amazing WI thing, and my D is bouncing off the walls, my discernment. And that is, you just came up with the idea of a working genius audit, which is just like, sit down and look at your life, look at your day and say, how much opportunity do I have in my day to exercise my genius? How much of my day is exercising this? How much is this? And it's a simple thing, doesn't need to be overcomplicated. And that
0: is a great way for people to apply this. Can I use that? I literally thought you were going to, you would tell me, Oh, we've got that. Uh, so yes, no. please, you can, yeah, please. Cause I, I want to do, I, again, so I, here's my, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, about an ideation, uh, here of that because I want to run my stuff through that because I'm even wondering about some things that I have interest in that I would put in there and realize it's just a no-go. It's a great idea. I, I wish it existed. I'm excited about it, but what it involves is such not a fit for me. I'm just, I'm just out. It doesn't matter. Kind of like my son. I, maybe I could win the race, but I'm I'm out. Or can I find another place for it? Or is it something that I should try to, gosh, Patrick, I've got an idea uh, that we have been playing with for years. Honestly, years. Yeah. I I want it to exist. I think morally, it's a huge, it's in the health and wellness and insurance arena. It needs to exist. The, uh, but going after it and making it is so overwhelming to me. When just, you talked to me about this before. I probably did. Yeah, it's that You old. mentioned this to me before. Yeah. When we talked last. I'm, I'm still there. It's 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 even more valid today and yet it's just it's too overwhelming for me.
1: You need to find a DG. I mean and and like so uh, the guy Cody who works with me, he, he and I are both ENFPs in the Myers-Briggs, Kevin, mm-hmm. right? And and yet he wasn't creative like I was and he felt bad. He goes, "Well, we're both the ENFPs. Why do you come up with all the ideas and I don't?" So we, when we developed Working Genius, he was like, I don't have I. He, he doesn't have invention. Uh-huh. He has discernment like me. So it's different than the Myers-Briggs and disc and everything. He has discernment and galvanizing. He's the guy who saw this when I did it and said to me, Pat, this is going to be bigger than the five dysfunctions of a team, which is my biggest book. Right. And I said, really? He goes, yes. And then he got on the phone and called everybody he knew and started getting it going, which I'm not good at doing that. Selling things, I'm not good at. So I paired up with somebody who loves that. And so what you need to do is realize, I came up with this idea. It's a really good idea. I'm going to find some people who complement this who will fill in the gaps. Because otherwise, you're going to wake up every day and say, how come I haven't done that yet?
0: It's like, because it would kill you. So everybody who's sitting there who has a job or a business can go through this. And should be able to some degree figure go through the you know the audit like this, but should, should be able to to some degree figure out what their the tasks that are required and be able to see why again back to where they're what was it psyched frustrated and confused and if they're spending so an x amount of time in the the latter two there's you got bad things happen so we can all do this individually in any of our roles though I'm thinking and I'm sure this is what you're planning on doing or already do, you've probably been doing with companies. Oh my gosh. Is there's nobody out there who I'm, I'm advertising right now for some, for, uh, uh LinkedIn jobs. Uh, actually here's free advertising. Then I'll be baked into the thing. Maybe they'll pay me, more. <laughs> but you know, they're talking, talking about the, the value of hiring. Oh my What business should not require with every new hire, the person to go through this, say, look, this is what we need you to do. Does this fit you? And have them go through this test we,
1: it's, I love it because, you know, there's this there's this idea in America that you're not allowed to use assessments for hiring in some ways because they think, oh, they'll be biased or whatever else. Oh. But I think that's that's fuzzy. Here's what I say. Every job. We, this is our, our approach. And we're working with staffing companies right now to do this. Every job should have letters that go with it. And you should say we're hiring a, a an office manager. But one, one company's office manager is different than another company's office manager. And here's how we define that job you probably ought to at least have these things in your genius or your competency. Yeah. And, and ideally one of, there's going to be something that's like, gosh, you probably really should have a genius in this. And if, if your frustration is in this area, you're going to hate this job. And even if you don't have them take the assessment, you can show that to them and say, so if you love, if you have tenacity and galvanizing, oh, my gosh, you sh- and, and you're a cultural fit, of course. That's the first screen. You're going to love coming to work every single day. But if you're a WI or something else, it's like, oh, this would be a terrible job for you. I'm doing you the greatest favor in the world by not offering you this job because it would drive you nuts. And then people can go out and do the assessment. I, I don't know that companies are allowed to hand somebody assessment, but it's so dumb because all you're doing is matching them up with the job that's going to give them joy. So our legal environment sometimes I think says you're not allowed to do that. But I think you should say to people, you should find out who you are because this is what we're looking for. And if you want to love your work, you'll 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 probably match up pretty well with
0: Yeah, you. or inspire one of these companies that's doing staffing to vol so me as an employee, if I'm looking for that to volunteer volunteer. I think everybody should do that. You should, you know, to, if I was yeah, searching for a voluntary. job, say, look, here's my disc profile. Here's my Myers-Briggs. Here is my uh, here's my working genius assessment. You make sure that I'm a good fit. You know, What are the tasks? Are they going to fit in these? Because if they don't, don't offer me the job.
1: You know what's funny? A staffing company could use this though. Yeah. They can, and that's what we're talking to. They could go to people, do this so we know how to place you in a job that's going to make you happy. Yeah, That's a win-win. I just think some companies you know, what's funny. I I was working with an organization here and the guy in the room was a lawyer who had argued the case against using assessments for hiring. And there's some merit to that, but so he hates assessments. He hated them. And we did, I didn't know that about him. We did the assessment and he liked it a lot. And he, they used it. He was like, oh my gosh, this really works. Oh my gosh. I'm using this now, right now, just as I think about this, everything I'm saying to people, I'm thinking about this. He said, and that's when he told us, I hate assessments, but this one actually works. So I think I'm going to change my mind.
0: And I was thinking earlier too, Patrick. So with you, so you're, you're, what is your working genius? Invention and discernment. So I'm close to you. Yeah. Invention and discernment. So wouldn't that also, because what I've, I've found that with me, now that I have the terminology, wonder and invention, um, I find myself cautioning the people that I, seek out to work with me to say, look, this, I, I need to, I need to tell you some things about me. Cause this may be, there, there's some people that cannot work with me, uh, right. that i yeah, So the same. Good. But it's not moral.
1: It's not characterological. It's like, if you say, Hey, you know something, if you're expecting me to follow through and do and, and, and cross all the T's and dot all the I's, I'm going to really disappoint you. Yeah. And 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 if you think I'm going to jump every time you need something, even if it's not what I think we need to do, that's going to be hard. And it's not because I'm not a kind person, but I'm limited in those areas. And similarly, you can say to them, hey, I'm not going to – if you think that you have a hard time coming up with new ideas or asking the right questions, that's okay. I can do that. I will have grace for that, of course. I, I'm looking for somebody to do these things. That's actually just – like you said, it's logic. It's –
0: Well, and I want to take this into, and I'll just save it. So we're going to, part two, uh, our, our next segment together, going through your personal life. I want to add, I'll just save it for that because I want to, when I look at the average person who's going to, you know, Come together with a significant other and and let's say start a family. Man, that is a business. And to look at that and to understand this and go, man, like you said, you you and your wife uh, have some similarities. So you're really bad at the implementation. That would be myself and, and my wife as well. So to sit down and look, I mean, we're looking at creating this business, a family. Uh, this is where we're going to rock, and that's great. This is where we're going to stake. What do we do with that? I mean, it, I this is going to come down to the tasks of who, who's going to do laundry, man. We both, like you, who's going to mow the yard? Well, if right. you both hate it, well, we're going to hire a yard guy. So if we're going to buy a house, we have to hire a yard guy. So let's get and that And we're going to
1: do that without guilt or judgment. And I will tell you, for 20 years, I, we felt guilt and judgment in our family, guilt about ourselves and judgment of one another because we didn't understand how God wired us. And now it's different. I do want to say one thing that you yeah. reminded me of. In addition to all the stuff we have here, there's a team map that we have. So if like eight people on a team took this assessment, there's a a map that they get back a report that shows all six geniuses and where they have a preponderance of geniuses, whether they have none and where people or they might have a preponderance of frustrations. And teams look at that and they go oh, crap, no wonder every time we try this, it fails. Nobody on our team does this. Or, you know, it, it's one of those eye-opening things. I've worked with CEOs who in 10 minutes and looking at their team results were able to explain a decade of frustration in their organization and reorganize for success in a matter of hours <laughs> because they were like, nobody on our team likes to do that, no wonder. So, so there you there's that's what we found. We actually think this is even more of a team tool by accident than an individual one. Because it's one thing for me to understand myself; it's another thing to look at the five or six people around me and go, "I'm not utilizing their genius. I need to let them do what they love, and I don't have to do what I hate." And we are going to come together, yeah. the body, of, like you said, the body of Christ. We're all needed here.
0: And I'm curious, so I, I'm looking at my own, uh, you know, that's a working genius pairings there. And again, I'm thinking about it even for, I've got five kids at home. Uh, oh, my, my wife family yeah. and go, no wonder because we have one kid on the chore list. And he just said, you know, can I just wash the dishes all the time instead of doing these others? I'm looking at him, are you crazy. Sure. Knock yourself out. Some of the other kids are like, it's awesome. Um, but that's right. he wants. He doesn't want to do X, Y, Z. I don't know why, but this is going to help me have clarity on why.
1: Oh, I am understanding my children, and it's it's painful to do it later in life, but, you you know, the best time to plant a tree is, what, 10 years ago? The next best time is now? Yeah. You know? And I'm, I'm just thankful to God that I get to do this now and, and that I can go back to my kids and my wife and I can say to one another, oh, my gosh, we never really understood this. No wonder you were sensitive. Yeah. Because you were in your own head and we didn't know it. And no wonder you struggled with this or were great at this. Now we can go back and put that all together. My my oldest
0: son, Patrick, um, we hit a crescendo one day on some task that I wanted him to do at the house. And he's going, but what do I do? What are the steps? And I go, I don't know. And I don't care. Just figure it out. I talked to somebody just yesterday about this. Is that?
1: In fact, we were talking about this. When I give somebody direction, I give them direction as though. They are me. Yes. So I assume they want freedom and autonomy and ambiguity because you and I don't want somebody to give us specifics. None. But if you give a a person with enablement and tenacity a task to do and you say you figure it out, they are are terrible. They're like, no, no, no. Give me the definition of success and an outline of what that would look like. And we think we're doing them a favor – By saying, no, I'm going to give you the freedom. They don't value it. Similarly, my dad, when he used to go, now I'll finish this with this. When my dad used to take me out to mow the lawn, here's what he would say. Follow me around. I'm going to rake up leaves. I'll tell you when to pick them up. And I'll make sure that there's no leaves left behind. Which was enablement and tenacity. Now, if he had said to me, hey, Pat, and occasionally he did. But if he had said to me, Pat, look at the yard. I want you to figure out how you want to do it. Why don't you decide... Like where we should plant flowers and how we should mow the lawn and what do you think it should be. I would have been like, oh, you're allowing me to invent and discern. And so I didn't realize that not, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure.
0: Well, and back to the thinking about the the hiring, what I find myself doing, we all know Tim Ferris's four-hour work week where you take, yep. you know, a task and you delegate out here never was relevant for me because I never have a task lined out enough to just flat delegate (laughs) to somebody. I have to pay triple the same amount or triple, triple the amount, uh, and find somebody say, look, here's the result. I don't know how to get to it. I don't know if it's you, you figure it out. And so I'm going to have to pay more for your intuition because that doesn't fit me and be glad to be be celebrate the fact that I'm going to pay you. You know what? That's so funny because
1: we have a gardener. Cause I, we, cause we, we hired a gardener and you know, my dad loved mowing the lawn and got us to do it. And I, I'm, and I felt terrible. Like what kind of a uh, bougie person am I that I have a gardener? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I suck at it. Yeah. Or my, my yard would look terrible. And these, there are people that are good at this, but our gardener, he always makes me mad. And I just realized this now talking to you. I, I said to Laura the other day, why doesn't Adrian just look at our yard and, and figure, figure out, out what, what needs to, to be, be done.
0: done.
1: I'd <laughs> pay him twice as much, three times as much. And I realized once we tell him exactly what we want to do, he does it. Yeah. And that's
0: his genius. He doesn't have discernment. And yeah. Because I'm saying if, if he does the list, then I'm noticing something that I missed earlier. I think, well, how did he just walk past that? He's a trash. Come on. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> man, it's again, that's why you're here. I could talk about this for a year, but I'll put this in the intro, but the, uh, the test is at workinggenius.com, The assessment, uh, yeah, it's 25 bucks and it took me, uh, I don't even know. I think you say on there 15 minutes. It didn't even take me that long. I mean, I just whipped through it and it was so relevant. I I'm so eager again, I'm going to do an audit and take some of my tasks through it and the people I work with and my family. Um, so thank you, man. Thank you for the gosh, Thank you for the the genius in figuring this out and uh, going through the work to bring it to us. And uh, hey, I'm eager to jump to to, to part two and talk about it on a personal side. Well, I've enjoyed this a lot. And and thank God that we get to do stuff in our genius. Absolutely. Again, Patrick Lencioni, his new book is The Six Types of Working Genius. You can take the assessment and find out yours at workinggenius.com. One of my kids literally just sent me their results and it's amazing. It's spot on. And now he can steer himself toward being in his working genius. Thank you as always for choosing to tune into the Self-Helpful Podcast. Best thing you can do pass it on, talk to somebody about what you heard here and keep the conversation going. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.